Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that brings together three well-known friends to answer three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. Today, I'm joined by three women who are all rule breakers, and we even have one law changer with us. Women who refuse to accept the status quo and are guaranteed to inspire you to demand more from life. I'm a little bit in love with them. On my left, it's Emma Gannon, the award-winning host of Control-Alt-Delete podcast, where she's interviewed everyone from Trini to Zoella to Lena Dunham to Gillian Anderson about their amazing relationships with the internet. She's also the best-selling author of two books, including The Multi-Hyphen Method, and unsurprisingly, is on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list in media and marketing after carving out a career out of the work that she loves. So nice to have you here, Emma. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having me. I'm He's... excited. When it comes to looking at the bestseller list of business books, it was like me and then like nine 60-year-old American men who are very confident, very loud. And it's, I don't know, just to be like, oh, I, hello, like, <laughs> I, I wrote this. Emma is joined today by the force that helped to get the Voyeurism Offences Act of 2019 passed and added upskirting to the Sexual Offences Act of 2003. Upskirting, if you don't know, happens when a person takes a photo up another person's skirt without their consent. I mean, I'm saying that and I'm thinking, who the fuck does that? But they did, but they don't anymore. And if they do, they're looking at two years in jail, courtesy of this woman, Gina Martin. Well done. Hi, thank you very much. Funny that you think that's what happened because you turned into Danny Dyer. It was like you had fangs. Like you went, <laughs> you turned into this horrific human. Talking like spitting you like you fucking <laughs> And completing this rather impressive trio is Gina's very funny sister, Stevie. She's the co-host of Nobody Panic, the podcast. She's a comedian, a writer, and an actor that you most likely recognise as Flo from Channel 4's Damned. Well, thank you so much for coming in. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, I tried um, female Viagra at one point. And I did it for like seven days. And during the seven days, <laughs> everything I did, I was like, oh, is this, oh, am I aroused? No, I'm hungry. No, I need a drink.
I feel, I feel like I'm surrounded by just kick-ass young women because I'm an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Well, older. Oh. But I love you lot. I love the fact that you are making it happen on your terms. You're refusing uh, to, to just go with that status quo. If you think something's not right, then then you make it your your job to correct it. Yeah, that you have to. I think that's what it's about now. So how did you all become friends? Well, you guys start, because I just came in, I actually made myself their friend, so you guys start. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's, it's funny, because I've got a sister, we're two years apart, and we do share a lot of friends. I don't know if that happens, because you're kind of so yeah. similar anyway. Um, but yeah, me and Stevie met at the debrief, I think in 2013. In peace, yeah. I know, I know. So I the debrief her. was kind of like a, a junior grazia online, right? Yes, it was really cool, and also had loads of like... It was basically the stuff that uh, was too rude for magazines, you mm. know, like it was like quite candid, quite cheeky, quite funny. And then yeah, and then it, it had a good run, and then it then it then it vanished. I'm so I feel sad. I feel very lucky to have had my mid twenties there because I was surrounded by people who are now my really good friends. And well, it was a brilliant nursery slope for young female journalists. Yeah. I mean, and Stevie even wrote pieces under a pseudonym. Obviously, we won't say what that pseudonym is, but yes, you you wrote some really risky. Yeah, thing. well, I, yeah, I tried um, female Viagra at one point, and that <laughs> I was the one. Yeah, that was the one where my dad was like, uh, "Well, mine and Gina's dad was like, love your work, uh, can't read your pieces anymore." <laughs> and, then I, and then I changed my name to like Anna something because I was just like, I can't even remember what, what it was. But like, a name that was not Stevie what Martin. What does female Viagra? Nothing. It did nothing. I just watched. I just watched um, David Attenborough. What uh, is was this like, supposed to help you get up? Yeah, it's like a, it's, a, it's a herbal thing that's supposed to. It's supposed to increase blood flow to your elements your vajay to your vajay <laughs> jay and, um, and I tried it and, jo- and I did it for like seven days and during the seven days every t- everything I did I was like oh is this oh am I aroused no am I aroused I'm, I'm hungry no I need a drink no I need a and then there was one part I was like maybe it's and then I just watched like the whole um, D- David Attenborough's Frozen and then and that was it and it was like I don't think I don't think I'm horny no I don't I think, think that's what you do when you're horny I no. don't know if that's really your go to kind of female porn is it David Attenborough no. oh god <laughs> Really not. Oh, like penguins and in polar bears. In the, in the frozen wanted. north. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely not. I think you tried bacon lube as well. I tried bacon lube. Oh, my that? God. Stevie, you tried bacon lube. Yes, it was a novelty lube. I can't wait to tell my dad about this. Un- well, no, they know. <laughs> oh, no. I hope wait, they're not vegan. Hang on, everyone in our family knows about your bacon lube apart from me. I think so, Surely yeah. you told the little sister first, not your mum and dad, <laughs> you freak. <laughs> they read it because I was at the stage where they were reading like everything I did, you know, like proud parents. Really oh, proud. You published another thing and it was all like, you know, little, oh, you tried little comedy lube. reviews. Or little, and then it was like, oh, you're trying bacon lube on your boyfriend's penis. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that Stephen. was... That that's, you know, when I fell in love with you, really, all of this <laughs> random stuff, I was like, I like this girl. Gosh, she really doesn't me. care. Because <laughs> I had a different name. I had bacon loop all over my desk. So, oh, so, so Gina, you just attached yourself to clearly what were the cool girls. Yes. And that was in like 2015. Four, no, earlier, because I was in Greece then, so I reckon 14, 15. Oh, wow. Was yeah. it? I was like, who's this mysterious, amazing woman who lives on a boat? You yes, because I, I lived on Greece. I lived on Greece. Bye. What? <laughs> I lived on boats in Greece for a while, oh. working for a flotilla company. But I did work 24 hours a day and had to keep like 45 people alive at sea. The which toilets would get blocked, wouldn't they? <laughs> toilets would get blocked. You have to go Do down you go and underneath like... the boat and let all the stuff out. <gasps> but anyway, I lived in Greece on a boat, and I, before that. You guys had known each other f- from the debrief, and obviously they were so much like older and cool than me, and they had like jobs. Not so much older. That's okay, three years. Like, yeah, and I was so impressed by both of them because they're both like working in London and they had jobs in London. I was like, how do you do that? How does one do that? And then um, 
there was another actually not long after that when I got back from Greece Emma came to my house me and Stevie lived together and Emma came around to ours and they were discussing like London stuff and I was in the corner like yeah no the totally tube. get it <laughs> and they came around and I had no job and they were talking about like media life in London and I was like yeah guys totally get it so sick like, couldn't and say now anything. you are the media yeah no now <laughs> you own the media don't you now it's like you turn on all the TV channels and it's just Gina Gina, Gina. did I see you in Vogue I was in Vogue this month. Yeah, yeah. quite right. You look yeah. great in Vogue. Thanks so much, guys. You look so, so great. weird. I hate it, it is weird, isn't it? I just asked you a really weird question and you gave a, a really weird answer and it's all true. <laughs> it's mad. I'm in a different magazine next month. What is it, which? Wearing a size six. Doesn't fit me. Had to be strapped in. So that's really the reality of all that it, stuff. Yeah, because I, I saw a picture of it. It was beautiful. She, t- she sends like WhatsApps of like, you know, behind the scenes, oh, I'll get to wear this cool, big, frilly dress. And I was like, you look amazing. She's like, if you turn me around, around you can see my butt. My back. Yeah, literally. I was my, my boob was strapped around the back no, of me. I see. I have issues with that on shoots when they do that because I think we're selling a myth. Yes, yes, and I'm like, you booked me, and you know what size I am. So why are you putting me into a size yeah. six outfit? Why are you trying that? to pull me and into something? The, that why I'm is not. it open at the back? And if yeah, you like to me enough to put you on your pages, why am I not okay as I am? Exactly right. And that's also, how you've I feel. changed a law, and it's like, Where yes, Prada? you also can look amazing. We are multitudes as women, but. You know, you'd think that you would be in control to be like, I want to wear this. Yeah, or, exactly. Can yeah. I wear my size? Yes. Exactly. Can I just be? Can or I be comfortable? Can it fit? Can yeah. I not have my boob on my back, please? That's the, yeah. that's the minimum. Have you got anything with more material? <laughs> yeah, it is mad. Please. God, I hate that. But well done, Jean. So, are you ready for your first question? Yes. yes. Okay. So, when did you last stand up to be counted, and why? Oh. You change the law. Is all your, all your answers are going to be when I change the law. Literally. The law change. Because honestly, that is all I am. No, you're not. That's not true. Uh, yes, yeah, standing up to try and change British law was the last time. But also, I think your book is the last time you stood oh, up. that's because, true. Because I had a conversation with Gina, so I'll just answer Gina's question. Yeah, she knows um, me better than I ever saw it. But like, um, Jean, so Gina signed with, so I um, was with a literary agent and then I had to leave. And then I was, but I told my literary agent like, Gina, you should sign Gina. She's amazing. She should write a book about, and, and, Abby was like, yeah. And then Gina was like, I can't write a book. I won't write a book. It's not really for me. I- I'm not able to do it. And I was like, nah, okay. And she didn't like reply to the email for ages. And now she's, she's and now her book is coming out. So I think that's a real thing. Yeah, you that genuinely didn't one. think you were allowed to write a book because you're not a literary person. Yeah. And you, it wasn't a thing for you. Yeah, because I imagined a novel. So my idea was like, <laughs> oh, we're going to write a book and it's going to be this massive like tomb. Is that how you say it? Or yeah. tome. tome. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I've been saying tomb the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> In publishing offices. Cool. This is like the time I was in Parliament and I said, albeit instead of albeit. <laughs> I never used to, I, I used to be, be able to constantly mispronounce epitome. 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 Yes, yeah. I did that. Stephen yeah. did that. And I had a, a guy that worked with us and he always used to talk about this great bar that he went to called Alberoni. It's all bar one. No. Oh my God, that makes me oh so happy. Oh my God, happy. I love that. So it's like Italian. Alberoni. Alberoni. Oh, all bar one. Love that. So don't um, feel bad about that. Did you think though, when that, that offer came your way, that was, was the imposter syndrome too rife in your mind for you yes. to say yes? Yes, because I think with the work I've done, I never I had no background of legal experience or any kind of political experience or anything and like if you told me I would have done the thing I've done I would have laughed out the room because that's never been a even a politics has never been a passion for me like I never thought I'd go anywhere near it so the but, idea of writing what a book about it was like, no. I guess it was political because it had to go it's through the human. house but actually it was a human rights issue totally and that was actually my main point yeah. so just just to explain to anybody that hasn't um, followed Gina's story and if you haven't I, I implore you to read up on her because um, it's it's really very impressive. You were at a festival in 2017. Mm-hmm. 
And you tell this, well, I'm sure you've told it a million times, but could you bear? <laughs> Just to a share? couple of times, yeah, of course. Yeah, it was a festival of Stevie, and we were, it was British summertime in Hyde Park, and we were waiting for the killers to come on stage because we'd grown up like loving the killers and we'd never Fancy seen them together. So Friends and flowers. Oh my God, yeah. actually, stop it. Didn't get seen that day anyway, though, it turns yeah, out. She was a bloody crying ever made. <laughs> She was bloody crying the whole time. Um, yes. You were. <laughs> you could have got upskirted. Did she ruin it for you? Yeah, we'll stop going on about it for two years. Still haven't. I love you. Oh, God, yeah. So we were just in the crowd. These guys were hit, sort of hitting on us. I basically said I was hungry. He offered me a chip. I said, yes, please, that's kind. And then he turned into a, like an arsehole, like, because I'd given him a chip. It was like, you owe me everything. And he kept making jokes, and then he made a really rude joke, and I said something cutting, and Stevie laughed. And then he obviously was really upset about it, because then I fell and brushed up against me, but I was in a ma- we were in a massive crowd of, like, 60,000 people, so it was like, well, that's normal. Um, but then I saw one of the other guys on his phone on WhatsApp, and he'd been sent the photo of basically, like, three inches away from my crotch. He'd put his hand up my skirt and take a photo of my... Nether regions. And um, I grabbed the phone and like held it up. And me and Stevie started like screaming at him. No, I mean, Gina did also. I just stood still and Gina cried. Was, no, no. Because I was no, so no. horrified. I was like, no. And it was really interesting. You, it's funny that you think that's what happened because you turned into Danny Dyer. You went mental. <laughs> you were, I, it was, she, she was like, her, it was like you had fangs. Like you went, you turned into this horrific human I've never that seen before. So that's sad. not how you remember it, Stevie. I remember just, I was frozen and shaking and going, you were like no. you were like talking like spitting. You were like you fucking <laughs> okay, good. Which is great. Better. It's not about me. Keep, keep going. No, but you were great. Yeah, but I like anyway, that. I like that. When someone messaged your sibling, wreck, externally, okay. you were yeah, Danny Dyer. Yeah. She was protecting me. Um, but then I ran through the crowd. A couple of people kind of pushed it, sort of moved him, and they were like running. I ran away with the phone to the police, but he ran after me. And then I got to the security, gave them the phone. The police called. They separated us. The police were like, oh, there's not really much you can do. We won't really hear anything from us about this. Sorry. And then they were like, don't worry, though. We made him delete the picture. And I was like, cool, my evidence is gone. And then they just... Yeah, why would you do that? So Because they were like, save the embarrassment, but it's not a big deal, so there's nothing we can do. But that's 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 the police officer telling you that actually your complaint isn't that important. Yeah, I know. Okay, run along now. I've destroyed the evidence. Yeah, totally. And it's really sad because there was a female and a male police officer. I remember seeing the female police officer and thinking, oh, she'll get this. She'll get what a big deal this is. And they were really empathetic, but it was obvious that they were like, well, our hands are tied. We can't really do anything because there wasn't a law fit for purpose to use anyway. Um, yeah, and then found out it wasn't a sexual offence and then just like gave it to go. Next person. It shows how normalised it is that... You know, when someone tells you something that is actually quite awful and someone just goes, oh, well, meh. Do you know it's what like, well, how did we get to that point? Yes, yeah. that's very severe that we've got to that point where we're like, yeah, that's just life. Like, yeah. it's really bad. Which it's, I think is, is happening with social media when you read so much horrific stuff in a row, you can get to the point where you're like, you're almost like desensitized. You are yeah, desensitized, which is really scary. And that that is that is what's so terrifying about it. I mean, I remember many, many, many years ago when Bross split up and we went to Bross oh, the final. No. And my friend, I know, sad day. Um, <laughs> and something really disgusting happened. We were at Wembley Stadium and um, we'd gone up on the coach from Cheltenham in Gloucestershire. And my friend had a pair of like denim cutoffs on. And just as the concert was kind of coming to the crescendo of the final moment, a man um, ejaculated onto the back of her legs. <gasps> oh! My oh God. Nobody would listen to us. We were 15-year-old oh, girls. Oh, my God. That is horrific. And, 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 you know, it's like the most we thought we could ask for is a tissue. Yeah, you're like, that's oh, the most I'm going to get. Isn't that far out? As so you're saying that, Gina, tissue. that's just come flooding back to me. 
I'm sure we all have stories or memories like and that. And that's so yeah. fucking wrong. It's so, so fucking wrong. wrong. They say now that... So wrong. YouGov just did some... Um, a study based on the press association based on the campaign we did on the upscaling work and it's about sexual harassment in general at music festivals and gigs and venues and it's half of women under 30 are sexually harassed in some way mm-hmm. whether that's grabbing your ass or upskirting you or lifting up your skirt or doing that what you've said mm-hmm. or worse but it because I, I was just so thinking high. then I was like oh yeah I've never really been that's never really happened to me and in my head I thought that's never really happened to me but of course you know, they have put their hands up my skirt and grabbed my buttock yeah and like Oh, oh so that, it has is, that is happens. Yeah. yeah, that is You've not okay. You've normalised in your head. Yeah. You've internalised that narrative. Well, because that that's we're told it's not such a big deal. Exactly. Yeah, and I remember actually, there was it's, a our, it's our turn to say it is actually. Yes. It's, yeah, it's yeah. utterly unacceptable. Exactly. I remember at the debrief every morning there'd be like maybe twelve of us around a table and we'd brainstorm ideas and one of them was about. Um, like men ejaculating or like being in their van like masturbating basically and the editor was like, "Put your hand up." If you've ever seen that, like in a, you know, going to school or walking past, and mm. everyone mm. put their hand that. up. Yeah, yeah. That. isn't that crazy that all of us in this room have some kind of yeah. story? That's mad. Yeah, and it, and also that it's 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 often you feel like the onus is on you to do something about it. And it's yes. like why aren't men who don't do that going? Hang on, what? Yeah. There are some of my gender going around wanking in. Vans, why aren't vans. Yeah. But why aren't what, we? What upset me with your story, Gina, is there was there was so many so much kind of um, attention put on what you were wearing. Yeah. Like, so hang on a minute. Yeah. So Can we much. just look at the man that did this as opposed to his victim. Yeah. Why is the focus on me? I did well, nothing wrong. Yeah. If you're walking around in a thong, he still has no right exactly. to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And that was really interesting because when the first thing the police said to me was, um, "We've had to look at the image. It shows more than." It's so weird how it's like. The memory is so crystal clear, even yeah. the words they said. They were like, we have to look at the image. It shows more than you'd want it to show. But because you're wearing knickers, it's not a graphic image. So it's like, okay, you're wearing a skirt, but because you're wearing knickers, you can't prosecute. But you shouldn't wear a skirt. You should have wore trousers mm. so it wouldn't have happened to you in the first place. It's like, I can't win. Well, I think you have had your paws up for quite a while now. <laughs> Stick yeah. to them, yeah. Gina. Yeah. I love yeah. you for that. And, yeah. um, and I'm just thrilled that there are women like you out there. Oh, thank you. And you must be very proud of your sister. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it shouldn't have been made illegal. <laughs> Imagine if that was the. That was. What a plot twist! If that yeah, was how you know. felt. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I love clips that bit. <laughs> yeah. I love, that's I love the clip clips. You used. Yeah, you used. You're proud of it? No. Um, no I'm Stevie, when did you last stand up to be counted? Oh, I mean, it's very difficult to follow that, isn't it? Because I didn't, have haven't it. done it anything. It's not about, about the scale it. of the stand sure. up. It's just the fact that you felt that you needed to. Felt that I needed to. Felt that I needed to say something. Um, I think it's not really a, a campaigny thing or a you know doing actually actually any good. Shut up. <laughs> sure. Everyone tells but Stevie is, to shut up. But Stevie, it is, shut up. No, but it is. It's quite low level. But it is like um, when I was. Um, at university, I was in like a university uh, sketch group, and we all did uh, little comedy sketches. We went to the Edinburgh Fringe. It was really fun. It was like eight of us, two girls, the rest guys. Six. <laughs> I can do math. <laughs> well done. Thank you. I went very hot then. I was like, I'm going to say seven. Um, <laughs> and and um, and then a lot of the um, the the guys who have been in uh, it's at Durham U- University. A lot of them went on to do comedy and they're now like very successful comedians. And I never, it wasn't even like I was like, oh, I can't. I was just like, well, it's not for me because I'm a woman. (laughs) I've not seen that. And it wasn't, I hadn't seen female comedians. Loved Victoria Wood, loved like Joe Brand. Um, But like I hadn't seen my 
level of person at the fringe doing sketch comedy or doing something all girls anyway so eventually I did do it um, after like doing another job and then being like oh I miss it but then we went back to our uh, old university and we didn't really want to because we were a bit like oh it's a bit nerve wracking but but we we performed as three girls doing sketch comedy in front of and off the back of that the next year's sketch comedy um group in the university were pretty much all girls and they were all fantastic and loads of them are going into comedy and so I did this thing the other week and one of the girls was like an extra in it and I was like oh my god hi and she was like hi yeah I've quit my job to do comedy because I was talking to you and and you you sort of because I've quit journalism really to do to do comedy full time now and uh, I still do a little bit of writing, but it tends to be that. But it just it wasn't more of a stand-up to be counted. It was, it was more of like, stand-up, and you can all stand up with me if you like. Yeah. You can all do stand-up I if you want. <laughs> I also find, I feel like every single, like when you went solo to do comedy, because Stevie was in a sketch group called Massive Dad, who was just incredible. But when you decided to go on your own, that was really hard for you. You were really scared of that. Yeah, it was terrifying. And you terrifying. still are. Like, still shows yeah. are still scary, but you're doing it. And I was so mm. proud of you for doing that. Yeah, yeah. I think totally it's, standing up. When you're like, frightened. over and over again as yeah, well. You stopped yeah, hiding was, in a group, and you've, yeah. Do it yourself. And I think that's the thing, a lesson that whenever, like, anyone asks me, like, you know, what's the lesson that you've learned in your life? That's the one I was, will, will tell people over and over again. Like, if you're frightened of something and it makes you kind of go, like, oh, I don't know, I'm jealous of that person doing that. And you're like, it's because you want to do it. Yes. yes. And it's so much don't worse to not do it. Don't fear for excitement. Absolutely. Yes. And, and the fear you have of doing something that you're frightened of is so much less than the um, than the regret you have of not doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You, can, you can only regret... Than not doing. Emma, when did you last have to stand up and be counted? Mm, I don't know. That's it is a hard one because I think it's. I don't know. It's difficult to be like I stood up and did this, but um, there's a few things that I'm doing in the future that I'm like petrified about. But I think now, looking back on the last year, because it's a year since my book came out, and essentially it's kind of put me in the space of like being a business. So that someone said so the book is, is the, the multi hyphen method, and it's about today's generation, and I include myself in this literally at the tail end. But it's about all of us having more than one thing that we do. It's a, that portfolio career. Yeah. It's essentially and, just yeah, saying for so long we've been put in boxes and we've been told to be one thing, whether that's like pick a gender or pick a sexuality or pick a job or pick a personality. Yeah. Um, and actually, and I think women are forced to be kind of put in a box more than others sometimes I think and we are so many different things so it turned into a business book but at the heart of it it is just about embracing your many different sides yeah there's yeah. a broader message to it that's such a good it's frustrating because in America they really do celebrate that and they also celebrate yeah. success as, as equal, in equal measure to failure and it's like well you know mm. you learn so much from failure and I kind of that there's, there's, there's facets of, of that approach that American approach that I really wish we could bring home sometimes because yeah. we're, we're not born to stay in one lane we are allowed to change our minds we are allowed to, to do more than one thing and sometimes we can do more than one thing really well yeah yeah. because yeah. I think there is a stereotype what? still <laughs> yeah. that you can't but yeah it's coming out in America next year with like a whole new name and cover and Go I on. think it's going to resonate in a different way but oh yeah, they'll, they'll already that. be up for it I think whereas here it's been like this is new. Shocking. <laughs> I beg BBC your pardon. News. People want to do different things in their lives. But um, I think for me as well, it's getting over that imposter syndrome of, you know, a business author used to be a man in a suit and it still is in many ways. Like if yeah. you go into Deborah H. Smith, and I'm not saying that I've like shaken up the diversity, but when it comes to looking at the bestseller list of business books, um, when it was on the bestseller list, it was like me and then like nine 
60-year-old American men mm-hmm. who are very confident, very loud. And it's, I don't know, just to be like, oh, I, hello, like, <laughs> I, I wrote this. I'm, here. I'm really trying to be better at owning it and not yeah. being so... It's like it's not, I'm not faking the modest, modesty. I'm genuinely can't embrace that like power of like yeah I think this the whole time like I have moments of like I don't know what I think we all do it don't we we apologise especially if somebody comes up and says oh you know I love your podcast. I bet you go, oh, thanks. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit it's, shit. It's, it's, but you know, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just don't throw it together. To the really. from a year ago, they're really rubbish. Sounds like a tin can. And actually, what you should say <laughs> is, thank you. I've spent three years building it up. It's a passion project of mine, and I'm glad you love it as much as I love making exactly. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But saying that is really hard. Yeah. 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 And and I think that why I kind of spoke about the power element or just this vocal element of owning it is there's a chapter in the book about money and I feel like I'm meant to be this like voice of like go get it but sometimes I can't do that. You know, yeah. we all yeah. struggle with it. Yeah. I don't know, still working through it. Yeah. We all are. Just we being all honest are. about it. Yeah. Totally. Ready for a top up girls? Yeah. Oh, yes, Okay, my next question. Emma, on a previous episode of Control-Alt-Delete, you had a guest on, and forgive me, I can't remember her name, but you were talking about, I think, online etiquette and communication etiquette. Yeah, yeah. it was Vicky Turk from Wired magazine. That's right, yeah. And you said something. I was driving along, and I heard you say, oh, gosh, yes, or her say, no, nobody makes phone calls anymore. (gasps) And it was like, ooh, the phone call. How quaint. And, (laughs) And actually what I think she said, and again... Correct correct me if I'm wrong. But what she said was, if you were going to make a phone call now to somebody so as not to alarm them, you'd text them first for fear that somebody might have died or it's a terrible thing that you're calling for. That's so funny. So what the hell has happened to the phone call? And when did you last make a call of any significance? Oh, this is such a great question. Thanks, Gina. I get get actual heart palpitations when people call me. And if it's an unknown number or it's a number that's not saved, I'm like actually horrified like I'm just like that's so rude that I, you're I get very excited because I, I always think I always think if someone's going to call me it's going to be for a mass because the only people that call me are my mum and my like agent um, and so they only really call if there's something quite like I've got something or I've got a job so I was the one was like well I guess I'm in Hollywood now and, <laughs> I, and it never is and I'm always like, so I always get really excited and I'm always like oh well this will be the call because I'm now Spider-Man the call, the and, call. Like, yeah. I haven't auditioned but you I've know, I've probably just got it. Or it's mum being like, "What is it? What's what's happening this weekend?" Then so, so, well, so when did this happen? When did like that? You know, we're, we're probably all using iPhone, right? The, the, it's, it's a phone. It's a yeah. phone. No. It says it in the freaking title of the product. Because we don't want to. Because like a call is, um, re- it requires us to like um, think uh, think things on the on spot, yeah. make things, um, you know, say it all like kind of what's the word I keep wanting to say alfresco but I don't mean that <laughs> I mean like off candid. the cuff candid yeah, yeah. 
The difference being that on a on a WhatsApp, you're not alfresco. So in like with like a WhatsApp, you're able to like I delete WhatsApp. You know, like I kind of you edit them and first. kind of think about it and think of like a funny pithy way to say it. Or like if someone's like inviting me to something and I can't go, I'll think of the best way to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, I can't make it. Over. Whereas if they were calling me, I'd probably be like, I'm I can't. I'm going to the zoo. Oh, why did I say that? You know, like <laughs> yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of you say, I, I it's just immediately. It, it, you're, 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 you're seeming really panicked by the prospect of phone calls. Yes, like your body language is. You have to come. Out with it now. Am I so old-fashioned that I still love a phone call? No, because I think that's good. I think I think you should still love the phone call. But I wonder if there is something in that with with TV at the moment, for example, like we binge a Netflix series. We're not like, oh, it's on at six pm. Let's get the popcorn or something. But whereas with WhatsApp voice notes, you record it. They can listen to it at their leisure. Anytime. It's like the it's it's yeah. It's that sort of like direct way, right? It's not a conversation. No, it's not. It's not. You're dropping a voice note. You leave a message. I love voice notes. It's, it's 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 definitely my my preferred communication after a phone call. Yeah, I think yeah. let's bring it back. And, and I'm sat here with two podcasters <laughs> yeah. who don't rely on anything other than the spoken heavy word. Heavy editing. Yeah. <laughs> well, may, may, yeah, maybe some heavy, heavy editing. I, but I, I definitely think it's to do with the the on demand thing as well. Like, because I find that with people in my life, and this is very very personal to me because I'm in London in a certain industry. But I think everyone's so busy, and I feel like. I've, I called you, Stevie, a couple of times recently, didn't I? And I was like, yeah. hey, what's going on? I just made some noises and had a chat. Because I'm trying to make a bigger effort because mm-hmm. one of my friends has started doing it with me and I love it. Yeah. But immediately when I'm calling, I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm going to be a nuisance. She's probably busy. Like, she probably can't. Because we've and got I'm out screaming. Of, going, yes. Why is she calling me? <laughs> then it we've is got nice. out of the stage of being able to go, hey, I can't talk right now and put the phone down. That's kind of rude now. So it's almost like we don't want the rejection. We'd rather just send the message and let it sit there and you deal with it when you can. But it is. But yeah. it, you are right, Kate. Like, it is the nicest. It's I lovely. think it's one of the nicest things like um uh, the, the only apart from Gina calling and making noises but she's my sister so it's slightly different I used I was to call you quite a bit you did yeah but that, that was a, that was years ago wasn't but it what, yeah. what happened I what used stopped? to if I was walking to the train station I'd be like I'd be like oh who should I just give a yeah. call to sometimes I'll get off the tube early to jump on the bus so I can get on the phone Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Are you, Kate, are you one of those that talks on tra- public transport on the phone? I can do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? You're because amazing. I, because, I could not do that. Because I'm a mum as well. So once I get in, every com- conversation will be interrupted by mum, mum, mum. Yeah. So I have to just steal my moments. I'm also really aware of my girlfriend's time schedules as well. So if they've got young children, I can't call between the witching hours of like six and eight because oh, that's the yeah. worst time. You're never going to, you know, this is, they're just going to be in a bucket of wine somewhere trying to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Whereas if it's somebody with teenage children, then their time frame is different. Or someone with no children, call them anytime. Um, <laughs> but I do love a conversation. And I was driving, listening to your podcast and I just thought, my God, I feel like a, like something in me died. It's sad. That, it's sad. That, it that, sad. That, that, that you, you lovely ladies are like 10 years younger than me and you're talking about yeah. something that is the most natural thing in the world. Like it's it's gone. Like it's hen's teeth. You know what it's I so heard? Rare. Young people, mm-hmm. as in kids, they think Facebook is like LinkedIn. They're like, I don't know what it is. It's like an old person's oh, yeah. adult Facebook yes. network. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. These young kids fair, are like these 17. These young kids, my nephew is 11. He's on his headset to like nine different boys yeah. playing Fortnite. Yeah, that is know. that a long phone call? <laughs> yeah, it, well, is. it is. Yeah. But they're yeah. not talking about their deepest feelings or like catching up, are they? They're just they're like, just like grunting. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Is, uh, I just think, you know, as, as people that have the ear of audiences with your podcasts and your ability to rewrite laws, I think. <laughs> I'll never do it again. Oh, please do. I won't be able think to. of something for you before the it end of the show. It was all a fluke. Girls, can you remember the last time you did make a phone call of any significance? I know what it is because I've started um, 
my grandma is, I think she's 92 now, isn't she, Regina? She is indeed. Um, and so she lives in Liverpool, which is where we're from. And um, I, I just haven't been able to make it back to visit her. And I suddenly realised the reason I wasn't calling her was because I was frightened of what to say. I was like, I well, what if I run out of things to say? And then we're both sat there. It's like, well, hang on. There's another person there who will also be talking. Yeah. So it's not just you. And yeah. also, why can't you, you can have a conversation? How has it got that weird? What's yeah. wrong with you? Because so you're rusty. Because you're not you're doing rusty. it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So now I'm, whenever I'm like making dinner or something, I'll give her a call while I'm doing something so I don't feel so frightened. It's, it's, it's so important to do. It it is. Is. Real, yeah, I feel inspired. Really important. I need to do it. But, but similar to you, my best friend lives in, she's moved back to Devon to like our hometown and she's had a baby and our lives couldn't be more different when no. they were so the same for so long. And although obviously we're still really good friends, I, we, we've been trying to arrange a date for a call yeah. Wow. And I was like, this is this is impossible. Just we need call. to just, just call. call. Whenever we have so, a minute. Yeah, and if so you can't pick up, I don't know call what me that, back. Yeah. When you're free, yeah. 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 So anyway, I think that's my top tip. Don't like arrange a call with your friend. Just, just call them. Before I came in here, I had this big long email about a job I'm doing on Friday in transport. And I phoned the production coordinator to say, yeah, I'll jump on that train and I'll do this. And she's like, oh, it's so nice that you phoned. Yeah. Like it <laughs> was a real so treat. Fun. That is, I couldn't be more the opposite though in work. I think that's what Vicky was talking about as well because her book is all about work. Yeah. And she was like, I think what she was saying is we are so accessible now. I know that you are DM'd like 300 times a day. I get emails and we all do, but it's like because people think you're more accessible. I think if someone thought they could just call me whenever, like that's just another layer of boundaries that I need which makes me sound like a total millennial oh, that's snowflake really interesting. No, <laughs> no, no, wait, no it's not a snowflake because because you are yeah we are getting a lot more communication whereas property, the phone used to be it was a phone and then it was maybe a text and that was it whereas now it's like WhatsApp Instagram DMs because I'm not like at the level of you guys but I still get you know tell a day or something yeah. Yeah. whenever and I'm having a drink with Stevie someone comes over and I'm like oh they're going to ask us for directions and they're like are you Stevie I love your podcast I'm like thanks babe and then emails um, on top of it but maybe yeah, it's that and... maybe it's that it's like just it's another thing to be overwhelmed no, I think, by I think, I think with parents family friends yes oh, you have to prioritise it prioritise yeah. it always non-work 100% and I don't know if Vicky's comment was work related yeah. I hope that Vicky likes a phone call too. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I feel like. So, it's so did you manage to get that call with your friend in Devon? No. Oh, I might do it now. I'm. Which well, she's on holiday at the moment, so, so I was thinking about the phone bill. So what, what um, was it, what was your holi- your last big kind of significant phone call? Do you think? Me and my dad talk on the phone like every other day That's for like ages. God, so like nice. to the point where I like get really emotional about it because I'm like, is he the only person that calls me? Like, no, but that's it's, it's not really about sweet. that. It's just that that's a really special relationship, which is lovely. Yeah, it's really yeah, nice. God. And he he's like he calls in the car because he's um he's retired. I'm doing inverted comments because he's one of those people that loves his job and can't quite retire. Oh. So his job. He's like a structural engineer, so he taps a wall or something. I don't know what he does. But he um, <laughs> he's in the car a lot. I know. Sorry if you're listening. Um, he he does long um, drives like around De- Devon down country roads, and he'll just call me. It's really nice. Oh, that's so sweet. Really nice. And it means Love a lot, that. right? Yeah. Well, it shows that someone's thinking of you as well. Yeah. And you actually, always I feel s- better as well. Always. After talking to your parents on the phone, you just get off the phone. You're like, I'm seven again, and the world is simple. Yeah. And then no, it you don't feel like that minutes. after like yes. you're in a WhatsApp group and everyone. You just feel drained and sad. Exactly. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah so true. Oh, I like this. Let's bring it back. Let's yeah. bring it back. I'm glad that you agree. Yeah. yeah. And Gina, what was your last significant call? My last significant call was I've been trying to. There's two friends who just randomly called me, and after they did it, I was like, well, this was nice. And I got very <laughs> weird about phone calls, specifically because during the campaign 
if I did any media, so if I went to BBC, I don't know, sorry, and did an interview with BBC, sorry, my all my details are on their file. So anyone from BBC that works in BBC in the UK could call me. And so when things happen in the campaign, I would get to, between 60 and 200 calls a day from random journalists who would call me up and ask me to tell them stuff. So I was constantly on the phone. So I tried to put it away after the, the campaign. I didn't really want to talk on the phone because I was just like getting annoyed. And then I got a phone call and I answered the phone and I was like, yes! And it was my friend Charlie. She was like, hey, babe, just wondering if you want to come around. I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> this is so, the phone is nice. Um, <laughs> I love the phone. It can be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going around to hers on last Sunday. I went around to her house, which was actually the most pure thing I think I've ever done with a friend, where we both went, should we watch David Attenborough and do scrapbox and paint and drink Aww. coffee? Do you think I've ever gone around for like a play date as an adult where you just do the things that make you happy? <laughs> Normally it's yeah. like, let's talk business. Let, you or, know? or we're like in a bar and we're going yeah. to drink. Whereas, yeah, my friend came around and we just sort of like watched TV. It's like, the best feeling ever. We hadn't like organised anything. We just like, should just see what's on. Just, be, just <laughs> exist together. That. Just come around and exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's really nice though, right? Because there's, there's no agenda then. It's just yeah. like, let's just be. And that's a true friend as well true, the untrue, true you're like friend. this is a bit awkward maybe because we're not talking but it's not awkward at all no it was perfect and she called me before I went that morning I know she said oh, we were whatsapping and you know when you whatsapp start to come at different times so you're replying to the wrong bit and you're like <laughs> this is getting too complex so I just picked up the phone and called her and she was in bed she was like ooh yawning and stretching she was like I'm really tired and I was like yeah okay well I'm leaving now and we just had a really nice conversation before I left like planned what to have for breakfast and it just like really pet me up I was like oh that was the most wholesome conversation I've had in like the last six months so that was my last conversation <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow this is really proving that maybe we, we um that a whatsapp can't reach need some wholesome no, absolutely not but you know what that was you know that's why I fell in love with podcasts because I thought people are talking yeah yes. conversation is king yeah you know and I love the fact that we don't rely on music or anything yeah. with podcasting it's just people listening mm. and that and yeah and yet and yet when I heard that about the phone calls I was like no I have to get on the podcast I have to change your mind we have to do this she's got the voice of a millennial generation we can bring back the phone call okay we're bringing it back we're bringing it back absolutely done I'm calling you after we leave oh not a bit much I'm going to call you all tonight One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. question you've all been uh instrumental in uh working with and growing up around the internet what i want to know from you is what do you think will finally break the internet i think we are losing our ability to have empathy for other people and it's getting really barbaric out there and i think that we will just like eat 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 ourselves eat each other into like I don't know, this mess, and we'll all just come off it. Yeah, yeah, I think, so I think there's going to be a big swing the other way because can't, it can't continue as it is. It's so hostile and so yeah. argumentative. Are you talking about social media? I think I'm talking about Twitter, to be honest, but also yeah. Instagram a bit now as well. Because the internet is now sort of, for lots of people, it is... Uh, the gateway to the internet is social media so I don't ever just go on the internet oh, anymore no I got all my news through um, Twitter social. moments and things like that 75% of people get the news through Twitter well just I'm there out. I'm right there that's a lot of people um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I basically yeah I'll go on um, Twitter for news and then I'll go, I will go on the Guardian website that's yeah, very you know, cliche of me but that's what I do and then um, and then I, and then and then it's emails and stuff so it's not I don't know like I remember when like, the internet first came out like, I was like surfing the web yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like all Tesco and like all those like the big kind of supermarkets and then now like little food markets and now people are all very like I make my own socks and like all of that stuff has happened <laughs> you know we all make our own socks now of course yeah. you're always I'm going home to phone you all and make some socks yeah <laughs> that's what's going to do but then there's always like a counterculture that kind of springs up and now with all of the Silicon Valley big tech giant Guys, like all the kids are like off, they don't have phones and they're completely off. All those yeah. schools don't have, yeah, and so and I think, purges. but again, it's like it's rich people being able to do that. You know, people under the poverty line don't really have a choice, they're just living yes. their life and that's it. But like, yeah, I think there the will be a sort of pushback, pushback Everything's against cyclical, it. Yeah. Whether it's that you can like, um, take like curate your own social media even more than you can now because you can't, you still can't really. Like, no. I tried to get rid of everybody who was a human on my Instagram. Because um, I started to get really sad on Instagram, and started to, I just realised it was really making me anxious. And it's all really? now, yeah, yeah. just just. I, I wasn't culture. like looking at it going, mm. I'm not like that person, but I think subconsciously mm. I was consistently. We shouldn't have access to that many people's lives. Yeah, no, it's like we don't like, need to know it. Even friends, like if I knew them well enough, they'd text. But like my good friends will WhatsApp me and go, Oh my god, I just got this great job, but I don't need to see like fifty thousand people getting great jobs yes. every day. When you're <laughs> struggling, or you're oh, having a bad day, or yeah, yeah. Also, and that, that's what makes me think like we're all pretty okay with our mental health most of the time and if we find that hard yeah if you're really struggling what happens when you're really not feeling good but it still didn't work because they have um, like if you get rid of loads of people then they they fill it with like these sponsored content stuff with like which is again girls in bikinis girls uh, like makeup things you know you do think you look fat go on FaceTune and like FaceTune adverts so you're still bombarded with with all this stuff but I feel like there'll be a point where we're we're able to fully like I only want to look at this sort of content I only want to look at this and we'll be able to well did you know Instagram are trialling the idea of a profile without any numbers so you can't Mm. see who you follow and you can't follow anyone so it's just content that you put out that we don't have a feed anymore Mm. and there's no like 
Yeah, so there's no. There's I think no, that's really healthy. Yeah, there's no that validation. I feel like that, celebrities, think, that'd be very helpful as really well. Good. Yeah. Because what's your I relationship think, like with. With the internet? Yeah. See, I use it a, a, a lot as a tool to get through life. So I buy food online, for example. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, I use it to to book things so that I don't have to go somewhere. So I use it as a time-saving device. So I use yeah. it in probably quite a domestic way. Um, social media, I pretend, is like a work tool. But mm. obviously, I spend way too much time on there. In fact, I chose not to look at that. You know, when you could upgrade your phone and it could tell you how much time you spend oh, on your yeah. device. It's I don't want to know. I know horrific. it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't... I was in my 40s before I went on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? I knew who yeah. I was and I felt... Yeah, so, you weren't I, growing up with it. No, mm, I wasn't. Yeah. Do I want my son growing up with it? No. No. I don't either. No. I really don't. And when I hear you say that we shouldn't have a window into so many people's lives, I think you're absolutely right, Emma. Yeah. I'd never yeah. thought of it like that. I and we're I, happier when we're not on it. I, I mean, think at the yeah, moment, when totally. you're having a day and you're just living your life and you're seeing people in real life... I'm I've it, I'm at a weird point now where my whole career has been about being a millennial on the internet like my job has been crafted from the internet like I know how to grow a platform and use it to my advantage get money like I know the nuts and the bolts of it as we do but I'm now I'm really really wanting to come off it because you've just you've got like two accounts right and I won't say what they are but you've got a private one too that you can't like a personal one and I think a lot of young people have that they have a finster which is like a fake insta and a real insta so you have two so you have finster so you have one which is like all the perfection of what Instagram wants and then you have one that you that you it's yeah. just for you and I think people are starting to try and find ways loopholes to use it as they want because they're like this doesn't work for yeah. me but well, why like do you feel just... like you have to appease Instagram I know it's interesting but it's, I, it's, I think at the heart of it though is is it's really simple it's we all want a few friends who love us and genuine connections because I know YouTubers um, I won't name her but she's I mean, she's got millions of followers on Instagram. She's got a private Instagram that I follow and there's 20 people on there and she's using that one more than the other one. And I'm just like, what does that say here? Yeah. She's well, not like getting she's not getting life. fulfillment from... No. Well, it's because I've, I read something about... Because obviously as humans, we're supposed to be very... So, we are built to be social creatures and build a community. And social media... Uh, is confusing our brains basically because it's obviously everything about it surface of us grow a bigger community so then you'll have more resources and then people will be able to help you just like when we were younger when we were young when we cavemen but but surely that was really helpful to you Gina when you were trying to to invaluable yeah build a community to change the law totally and And I sell lots of copies of your book exactly and I'm really getting to a point now that I think it's really interesting because I've read exactly that Steve like as humans we can't we can't compute what social media really is because it's actually not real, but we're looking at it and we're with all these people, so it doesn't work in our brains. Yeah. But I've noticed that when I... Because I didn't have any followers really at all before the campaign. I started the campaign. And then worked on the campaign in private. No one knew I was doing it really. And then it became a news story and then changed a lot, obviously. Then it just went mental. Um, and I love... Instagram and I always loved Instagram because it was like a creative outlet for me and I love writing and I love fashion but I'm starting to notice that the thing that I made that I loved using is now turning into a different beast mm. because in no in, in the way that I can still post the content I want and I'll still post pictures I want and it's still up to me that bit but in the way that I cannot get away from the judgment and the messages. I cannot handle the amount people want from me. For me Mm -hmm. to get a message now that's just like, hey, well done, I think you're great, is very rare. 
everything really? is yeah like yesterday See, I got like four young girls who were like hey can you send me voice notes to pet me up for my exams I really need you to send me some stuff that makes me feel better but like and that's fine because I get it but all day I get people asking you stuff people from me think all you're the like time you don't have downtime I'm now, I'm you don't now have any downtime servant, but, yeah <laughs> but you, you're not obliged to do that I know but the guilt because you because you built it because I it's my account and because I wanted to help people and that's and I do still and that's why I love my work because I just want to make the world and society more tolerable, more tolerant, sorry, and better for people. So I want to reply to everyone. But now the pressure, and there's only one of me, and, I'm, and I need to clean the house and spend time with my boyfriend and, like, exist mm. as Gina too. So I'm really struggling with the how do I give enough back but still keep my sanity and not feel like every part of me is just, I need to give it to everyone all the time. Mm. I saw it's a turned thing, into a different thing. I saw a thing, I think, with um, the Zoe Sog, Zoella, like the most, obviously the most famous kind of <laughs> YouTuber. Yeah. Um, and she, uh, I, I follow her because I find it very interesting. I find her, I, I find her very interesting just in terms of the, the amount that she has to give or the yes. amount that she feels she has to give. And she did this 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 post, it was just like a nice picture of a, a cake. And she was like, um, I, I made this cake and I wasn't really sure if I should post it on here because I don't really post pictures of cakes that I've made. But I thought, you know, well, it's something that I like. Anyway, all the Instagram oh, stories of how I made the cake are on my Instagram stories. I was like, oh my God, so we just make a cake. cake. Just you make a cake to enjoy and that. then eat the cake and don't put it on Instagram. Yes. And I've started to do things now because I'm not, because as someone who's very similar to Zoe, um, <laughs> I have like one follower. But whenever I do stuff and I don't, like I went, I did some stuff over, over the weekend and I didn't put any of it on Instagram. And it just felt like I'd done it rather than I'd done it for someone. There was a yeah. weird yeah, subtle difference. Else, it's yeah. like, I had a nice day and that's mine. That's it's mine. Yeah. Yes. Mine for me. I didn't me. mine it for something else. Like no. I didn't try and get some likes out of it. We've created something that controls how we live, how we work, everything. There's no regulations in place. There's, they wrote the like community guidelines on Instagram. They wrote those guidelines when they started Instagram. Yeah. And now they've got, what, 18 billion subscribers? Mm. I don't know what it is. But it's changed so massively and we don't really know how to handle it. And I think there's going to be a pushback where they have to put very strict regulations in and things are going to change massively because if they don't people are going to stop using it they are are hacking our brain chemistry that's like how they do you think it is that you can use yourself like there's this app called Nuzzle have you heard of it but it basically it basically (laughs) takes your Twitter feed and just serves you like interesting news stories it, it like strips away like the horrible the noise. nature of Twitter and just gives you the content. But on your on that point, quickly, just about the pressure of existing online, I feel like because um, I wrote this article for Elle a while ago uh, about how like being woke, being a hundred percent woke, and like what really up really to date, yeah, knowing all about social issues, being really you know um, PC and yeah. awake, trying to the world. well read, well read is like an. Um, it is a pressure and I feel like for example Gina's a little bit younger than me but I feel like you are so much more woke than me like I feel like it's every single day I'm like oh a new thing a new thing to be aware of oh me too I feel like that every day and, and I and I always make mistakes still I always say the, the wrong thing things. we have to make mistakes and we have to make mistakes publicly yeah. like in my I've done the Jamila Jamila that's why she's great yeah. at that in yeah my, she's fantastic I love her I love her too and she's I love her strap line which is like feminist in training because it's like you're never you're yeah. never done yeah. But I wrote this book recently, and in part of the book, there's a, um, a section on privilege in activism, which is effectively the messaging is about how it's very easy for me to sit here and be like, let's all change the world, stand up for what you believe and do it. But like, that's not an option for a single mom who just needs to buy food for the kids and get it on the table. Like, she's not going to be like, I'm going to go out there and change the world, stop using plastic. She hasn't got the time. So it's about realizing that activism and all that kind of stuff is also a privilege. And I talk a lot about white privilege in it and how my journey with white privilege and realizing that 
the way I look and being a white woman meant that when I walked into Parliament, I wasn't an anomaly and they were more likely to listen to me. And I know women of colour who are in politics who, can't, who the barriers are just stacked against because they're going into a world of just white money and they don't and these people don't necessarily understand or relate to someone who doesn't look or sound like them so I write about this and I wrote the chapter and obviously there's going to be mistakes in it language problems maybe and I finished it and I realized that my publishers are all white everyone who works there and my agency is all white too which is fine but it just means that there's not a different lens looking at that we should have a more critical lens looking at that because it's a white woman giving you all the answers which isn't necessarily helpful for everyone and um, I asked a friend of mine called Asia Barber who's a really good anti-racism educator to go th- I pay we paid her and to go through and, and edit and basically look and add notes okay well maybe well this doesn't really make sense you haven't that's the wrong language that's quite offensive language maybe you should use this word whatever and then when I did it I was like what so I'm going to pay a woman of colour to like change my chapter and then put it out as if I'm perfect that's not right so in the book I've written the chapter totally unedited and then there's chapters there again with all of her crossings out that's interesting I like that literally just so that and for the only reason of going listen like you can be public with your mistakes you're allowed to make mistakes we're all learning none of us are getting it right we're all at different stages and we don't know everything was entirely honourable yeah Yeah. so the internet has changed that as well so I think that's a good um, it, all yeah. little things like that show us that if you do a tweet in 2009 and it's quite offensive and you are like oh I've learnt you can be like I've learnt because that was 10 years ago you know like I'm now in training and I'm I know why that was wrong I know why that was bad whereas a lot of people you know d- don't it's it's so terrifying now because you can and you get sacked for it if it's there 10 years ago of course I mean learned. obviously some no. some levels that's of that's why I think it's going to be the should. internet that's yeah. why I think it's going to be the internet the, the, the inability to be human the yeah. inability yeah. to be to, to make mistakes, to make mistakes. because yeah. be, because we've let it too far in we yeah. need to, we need to put it back in its place absolutely right do you know it's been so fascinating meeting you all and talking to you all and i i think you're remarkable i think you're intelligent i think you're sassy and funny and just keep doing it because we need more women like you we oh, really thank do. Thank you, it's very kind. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Um, don't forget, if you'd like to get in touch with us, please do. We love hearing from you. Our email address is whitewinequestiontime at yahoo.com. You can find us on Twitter at whitewineqt, or you can follow me on Instagram. I'm the Kate Thornton. White Wine Question Time is produced by me, Kate Thornton, along with Caitlin Mercer for Yahoo. And our music has been created and provided by the marvellous Andy Bell. His music is available in all good music outlets, new music from Ride, and of course his back catalogue with Oasis. As always, please do as we do. We know we've sunk a few drinks today for your entertainment purposes, but we always try to drink responsibly. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.